Hey, welcome to another exciting podcast from Freedom House Church. My name is Troy Maxwell. I'm the senior pastor of our church. We are one church that meets in multiple locations, which means we have different communicators at all of our different locations. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from one of our teaching teams. I know that it will bless you. You will walk away changed. So enjoy this message. We are so excited to have you with us this Mother's Day weekend. My name is Penny Maxwell. My husband, Troy, and I are the senior pastors here at Freedom House. And then I got my girls with me this weekend, so I want them to tell you who they are. So I'm Diana Henderson, and my husband and I are the campus pastors at our South End campus. Come on, let's hear South End in the chat box. Chat it up. And I am Amanda Glowacki. My husband and I are life group leaders, and we serve at Guest Central at our Lake Norman campus. Come on, Lake Norman, chat it up in the chat box. Yeah. Well, we are glad to come and talk to you. The three of us are actually in different phases of motherhood, and we wanted to chat about that. But first, I have to tell you something. I had this really cute, feminine, pretty little outfit picked out. Um, but my husband and my kids came to me and said, no, 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 we've got what you need to wear. They actually picked out my outfit and it says, because I said so. So I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that? So they said, this is what I need to wear. So I didn't get to pick my outfit out this time. It reminded me of when my girls were little. Um, I, I was getting ready to get up and speak, and they presented me with this massive brooch that they had made. It was literally huge. And they said, we can't wait for you to wear this as you speak today. And I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to think I'm a freak. They are going to think I'm a freak. So I put that thing on, and it looked, it was huge. And I just said, my children made this, and I just wanted you to know because it was pretty bad. So at least this isn't so bad. It's a badge of honor. Yeah, that one's not so bad. It's not so, it's kind of true. It it is true because you said so. That's why it's going to happen. Yeah, but I wish that they actually listened because (laughs) I said so. But that's another story. Well, we want to talk about different aspects of motherhood. As I was saying, we are in all different phases, um, and I know some of you can relate to the different phases that we are in, but we were chatting, and we decided that being a mom is a lot like being a gardener. There's different stages of looking after our field, looking after that garden. When you plant the seed, sometimes you're going, man, I hope this thing turns out the way that I want it to. Sometimes there's weeds that come in. Sometimes there's storms that try to come and take over. Uh, Actually, in Matthew chapter 13, there's a bunch of different parables about the sower and the seed. And one of them I actually wanted to talk to you about. It's about how a farmer goes out and he plants really good seed into his garden But it says that while he was sleeping, that an enemy came in and sowed bad seeds in the garden. It actually refers to those bad seeds as tares. So the good seed was wheat and the bad seed was tares. And tares actually looked a lot like wheat except they're poisonous. And so I think sometimes that can apply to us as moms. We're planting, we're sowing good seeds, and then these tares come up and we're going, where the heck did these come from? We thought we were planting 
good seeds. I thought it would be good too. Pastor Diana, could you just kind of kick us off? Because I know you have a background in agriculture. Could you just kind of help us explain the seed process? Yeah, so the growth stages of a plant, it's really actually pretty fascinating, but there's three in particular that I thought were especially applicable to our conversation. So the first is the planting stage. It's the seed stage. And what's really important about the seed stage is the soil that you're planted in. Now, I grew up in a military family, and so I moved 16 times in 11 years. And so my garden was constantly changing. I was constantly being uprooted. And so um, what I think is really important about the seed phase is that our children are able to plant roots. And in our family's case, our kids are able to plant roots at Freedom House. And so they're able to make memories. They're able to build friendships. That's huge. And just have lasting. Your son actually came up to me um, one weekend at the South End campus. And he said, Pastor Penny, I just want you to know I've been at Freedom House my whole life. (laughs) And he was so proud of that. And I love that because he got that from you guys. He got that from the fact that you guys planted him in good soil and he's been able to make memories. So what other phases do we need to know about as moms that are really important in that that growing stage that we need to kind of watch out for? Yeah, well, so the next one is the roots and the stem. And the interesting thing is that roots can grow deep or they can grow shallow. And that's all about how it's planted. And Amanda, I know you've got some interesting um, thoughts around being rooted based on or being planted, right? Yeah, so as we've been having our conversations over the past couple of weeks, um, I've just kind of been taking this season of, of really digging into words and their meanings. And so I wanted to compare the meanings of planted versus being rooted. And so I did some research on gardening, and they talked about the root, obviously, is the main source for the plant to get its nutrients. But you can't see it. But you can't see it. And the thing that's most important that stood out to me about the root is as it goes down and it roots itself to the ground, it's actually protecting itself from being disturbed by the external elements. Wow. Which was so important to me because I want to be rooted in the house of God. I want to be rooted in God's truth because... As women and as mothers, our identity is challenged every time we pick up our phone and open up social media. And so I really want to be rooted in what God's word says about my identity and what my role is to my daughter. Um, yeah, so this, it, this conversation that we've been having over the past couple of weeks, we've, you know, it's, it's really just affirmed how happy I am that we have found a church and we've planted ourselves in God's house. Because I remember the first time that you, gave, you mm-hmm. came, mm-hmm. Um, would you tell them kind of what happened? Because it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So we, my husband and I are the parents of a very sweet, ferocious, lively three-year-old daughter named Taya. And one of my um, favorite things about Taya is she is so joyful. She brings joy to whatever situation she walks into. So as a mom, that's a seed that I want to water. That's a seed that I want to foster and watch it grow. And it was Easter Sunday two years ago, and I was on the couch, and I had a longing in my heart that I wanted Taya to grow up in church. And with a snap decision, I called a friend. I said, hey, when's the next service at Freedom House? 
I think we had about 15 minutes to get dressed and we just jumped off the couch and we went and we have not looked back ever since. And that's a good mama right there. One that just takes charge and says, I'm going to bring my kids to church and I'm going to make sure that they have a good foundation. So good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And she loves it and she is learning so much. And these past couple of gosh, months now that we've been in this situation, um, of being in quarantine, I have absolutely given myself so much grace because I would have moments where I would try to homeschool a three-year-old, which is like an oxymoron to begin with. (laughs) Um, But, and I would just feel like I was failing. But then the next thing she wanted to do was put on worship music and sing. And that's when I knew that I was doing what I was called to do as a mother. And that was to root her in the house of God and teach her about God's love and how much he loves her. Yeah. Well, can you talk to us again? Because I think it's important to understand that not only do good seeds grow in good soil, but weeds love to try to grow in good soil as well. Can you continue just kind of telling us the stages and the phases of the planting process? Absolutely. So in addition to the roots, you have a stem. Well, what I think is so cool about a stem is that it's vertical. And it's vertical, meaning just like our relationship with God. We need to make sure that we're growing upright and we're growing towards God. So I think it's really critical as moms that, you know, when we're correcting our children, when we're loving them, that we're pointing them back to God, that we're pointing them back to that relationship with God. So that's a really critical piece that we're, that our stem is um, upright and vertical with God. But then also uh, the next stage that's really important is pollination. So if you're not planted in good soil, if you don't have deep established roots, and if you don't have an upright stem that's focused on God, you can't reproduce. And we are called, according to the Bible, to reproduce. We're called to produce flowers and to produce fruit. So it's really critical that we have those things established, not only in ourselves, but also in our kids, so that that can all occur. And I think sometimes what we tend to do is we tend to beat ourselves up. I've heard a lot of moms right now during this quarantine season that have really beat themselves up because they, they feel like that they have failed, that they, they maybe weren't baking all the cookies or teaching all the lessons or, you know, my kids are older. So a lot of what I go through now is more the emotional pull, less of the physical pull. There is a difference as as our kids have grown through the years. So my oldest two are married. My youngest is 19. She's still in the house. She's in college. And um, I think it's interesting just looking back through the years and thinking about this experiment that I saw that was done. It was called Biosphere 2. And what happened in Biosphere 2 was all these scientists got together and they said, we're going to cultivate the perfect environment. We are going to make this environment so perfect where everything in this environment will grow perfectly. So they planted trees, they planted fruits, they planted shrubs, they planted all of these different things um, in this protected, perfect environment. Wasn't it almost like a representation of the Garden of Eden? It, It was this amazing perfection they were trying to reproduce. And so what they did... They, they make this whole thing, and they controlled the temperature. They controlled the water. They controlled every aspect of that garden, the humidity, which is kind of what we try to do sometimes. 
We, we want this perfect environment for our kids to grow in so we can feel like that we've done it right. Mm-hmm. We can feel like we did everything to our ability for this environment. But what this experiment found out, Biosphere 2, what they found out is that after two years, a lot of the trees were toppling. Things were falling, and they couldn't understand why because they're like, listen, there's no storms here. There's no winds here. There's no torrential downpours. Why is this happening? Why is this experiment going completely wrong and things are being uprooted and falling over? And what they realized is, is that they were not able to create what's called stress wood. In other words, most trees, they are in an environment where they're getting the wind. They are getting these strong winds and they learn, these trees learn how to navigate that wind. And when they bend back and forth, they create what's called stress wood. And in doing so, without any winds or rains, the root system would go outward in the trees in the Biosphere 2 experiment. But with the wind, they realized that trees that were in a natural environment, which includes storms of life, Trees that were in a natural environment, their root system would go deep. Wow. But in this protected bubble of an environment, the root system was compromised. There was no stress wood. And the trees actually, part of the stress wood is it causes the trees to be able to grow up to where the sunlight is and to be able to learn how to reach for the sunlight. Wow. But in this overly protected environment, they couldn't do that. In other words, it was lacking resistance. Absolutely. I think we've been facing some resistance here lately. Just a little. (laughs) Just a little. A little bit. Amanda, what resistance have you faced? You know, it's, uh, well, with having just one child, um, when both of us being home, of course she is very aching to come to mom for everything. And I mean everything. So I am mom, I am cook, I am teacher, I am playmate, I am disciplinary. And because of how quickly she processes... She just said I'm playmate. I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> oh, I, can't. I, I can't. I can't go past that one. She's that blonde, is, but not that kind of playmate. That, that is hilarious to me. I just had to pick on that for a minute. No, well, it's... I tried it. What year? What year? year? Um, 2016. Just kidding. (laughs) It's getting real here. It's getting real. Just saying. I'm getting hot. Now I'm getting hot. um, But the thing is, is that she processes things so quickly that she can kind of command my attention for all of those things in a matter of seconds. And so it's put a lot of pressure on me. And I think that I'm stretching my stem and my stress wood is coming out in my forehead. Um, and that's why I'm getting these extra wrinkles. But, um, you know, it's, it's really been, it has been challenging, but it has been beautiful because it's allowed me those moments to look at Taya and say, you know, baby, mommy's having a rough moment. Can you pray with me real quick? Because wow. I need to redirect. And we've, you know, worked on like breathing exercises because she just, I mean, you've seen her, she goes full speed from the moment her feet hit the ground and it's hard to keep up with her. But, you know, we've, we've had a lot of moments of just being like, okay, let's just slow down. And it's funny because 
the moments that I have had to discipline her, I have begun to physically uproot her from the place where she was being, like out, acting out or disobedient. And I will take her somewhere else where she can get quiet and take a couple of breaths and then say, okay, let's go back. Let's try this again. That's good. Um, and sometimes moms need a timeout too. Yes. Oh, <laughs> gosh. That is so true. I'll yes. tell you what. The first day of quarantine, I was like, I'm going to knock this homeschool thing out of the park. Right. I set my eight-year-old son up with his computer and his first assignment and my six-year-old daughter with her first assignment and had my three-year-old set up with her activity. And I was like, all right, guys, you do your assignments. I have to go take a call for work and I'll be back. Mm -hmm. And my six-year-old looked at me and goes, mom, I can't read. And I was like, Dang it. (laughs) Fail. Major fail. But you know what I learned in that? I need help. And I enlisted some help. Yeah. So I think that a really incredible, incredibly important thing about being a mom is that we enlist help. Yes. That we enlist. What does that look like? Yeah. Because it's hard to wave the white flag sometimes because not everybody talks about the fact that they need help. We just see pictures on social media of the perfectly baked cookies, the perfect macaroons. You know, we're we're seeing the the beautiful bows and the hair and the Mm -hmm. cute little dresses. And I'm just like, really? Is that real? No, it's not real. Well, at least not at my household. (laughs) Not over here either. (laughs) We're lucky if somebody gets a comb through their hair. But it's so important. In fact, I was studying, preparing for this, about gardeners. And there's a study that says that companion planting actually produces better flavor in herbs. Like yeah. if, you're, if you plant herbs next to each other, they call it companion planting, which I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. It actually produces greater flavor. So apply that to us as moms, mm-hmm. is if we plant next to each other, mm-hmm. if we pour into each other and build on each other and encourage each other and share ideas and yeah. remind each other that we're doing a great job, that we're gonna produce a better flavor, yeah. that our children will have a better, flavor and aroma to them in the, the plants that they're being produced. Yeah, that's awesome. Several years ago, um, for my 25th wedding anniversary, um, Pastor Troy and I went to Italy. And one of the things I could not get over is how the taste of certain fruits or vegetables or their olive oil far surpassed that of the United States. I mean, far surpassed it. And I asked a few people in the little mom and pop restaurants, and they said that same thing, Diana. They said that we plant lemons in our olive trees um, right by each other. We plant lime trees in there. We plant all of these different things because it supports the flavor, and you get those little earthy notes underneath that bite of olive oil. And I was like, man... How true is that for growing vegetables and olives? So what could that look like if all of us learned, hey, I don't have this skill, but I've got this skill. What if I help you with that? Like I see these moms who are making masks. I, I don't have that skill. I, it ain't gonna happen. But I can, I can cook you something. I can bake you something. What do you think it would look like, Amanda, if all of us just decided to lean on each other and realize that we need each other. Yeah, well, that makes me think of a verse that uh, I found as we were preparing for today. 
And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 5. And it's from Paul, and he's talking about how Paul and Apollos has, have been pouring into the village. Yeah. And the people were acting spiritually immature. And Paul had to remind them, like, hey, you can't lean on just me. Or you can't say, well, Paul did this and Apollos did this. Because God's the one that makes it grow. In other versions, it says God's the one that provides the increase. And I remember when I was thinking about putting Taya in daycare, and I, had, I struggled with that because it's like, I'm her mom. I'm supposed to be the one that takes care of her and provides for her. And then I had a very humbling moment to be like, Amanda, these women have been here. They're around kids all the time. You have just Taya. So they are going to come alongside you, and they're going to walk with you, and they're going to point things out that you wouldn't be able to recognize. So honor the gifts that I've planted in them. And the verse actually says, we're servants honoring the assignment that was set before us, but you're planted in God's field and we're just working it. So God really is the provider and the source of the growth and the maturity. So I think it's, we have to give ourselves a lot of grace as mothers and recognize our talents, but um, let go a little bit and empower our other moms. Like I would love to have Taya come over and spend time with your three and just, you know, almost be around what you have in your house and um, the structure and what it would be like um, coming from a military background. And I would love for Taya to come over and learn how to bake because God bless, you cannot learn it from me unless (laughs) it's box mac and cheese. This is so funny. Um, So this week, I was FaceTiming my middle child, my daughter, And um, I was like, hey, what are you doing? She's literally rolling handmade pasta out for her husband for dinner. And I felt so proud. That That apple didn't fall far from the tree. (laughs) I just felt so proud in that moment until she pulled out the jarred sauce. And I was like, ay, 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 what are you doing using jarred sauce? She's like, mom, that's all I had. (laughs) We're in quarantine, all right? It's all I had. And I'm like, okay. As long as you made the pasta from scratch. But uh, I just think it's funny because I, my kids never seemed really interested in doing much in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And whether it's kitchen or whatever it is that we're doing or displaying as moms, mm-hmm. um, sometimes we don't realize that our kids are gravitating. Um, yes. it's, it's interesting to me. My, my youngest daughter, too, made shrimp scampi this week and was, you know, in the kitchen making quinoa and chicken and all this stuff. And I got home from work and I didn't have to do anything. She had this whole spread made. Um, My son is sending me pictures of his baked bread that he's made and all these dishes. Do I need to text you my address for Seriously. Just saying. (laughs) But let me just tell you, in our house, there is the quarantine 15 going on. Oh, yes. That is a real thing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? Then we can just, you know, come together when we're out of this and we'll go play and, you know, do all the fun things and we'll just burn it all off in that process too. Yeah, well, well, (laughs) my family will cook for you guys and you can be organized and structured and help us with that. Sweet. Yes. So talk to me about this because there's a lot of people that are watching today. I'd love for you guys to chime in on this. Um, Mother's Day is a a hard day, Um, and I would love to chime in on this as well, but I wanted you guys, because um, 
I know there's a lot of different aspects. There's, there's women who have maybe lost children who want to be a mom. Maybe there's people watching who have lost their mom or didn't have a good relationship. Um, so sometimes it can be a painful thing to discuss. Maybe there's a divorce that happened. Um, so there's some difficulties there. Can you guys kind of weigh in on that a little bit for people that may be watching today? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and we all have different experiences in terms of the mom that mothered us or even the mom that we've been. You know, sometimes we're not always fond of uh, all of the moments in our motherhood. But, you know, Pastor Penny, I've loved to hear about your story in particular because, you know, you came from a tough background and you didn't have the gardener, so to speak, in a mom that poured into you and built you up, quite the opposite, but yet here you are. You are the mama of this house, which by the way, we need to give honor to this amazing woman for all that she does. I mean, she pours into me and my family like nobody's business, and I know she does that for hundreds others, so thank you so much. But here you've turned out to be this incredible person that you made a choice along the way at some point, right? You said... Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is, is she's, she's right. Um, for those of you who haven't heard my story, I never had a relationship with my mom um, that was a good one. Um, truthfully, um, just, just so you understand, I haven't spoken to my mom in 15 years. Um, there are some boundaries that we set as a family that said, if you choose to get healthy and if you choose to get some help for these significant areas of your life, then we can talk about re-engaging. But that has not happened, um, and boundaries are very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kept that boundary until things um, change, and maybe one day they will, but uh, as of right now, they have not. But I think the thing that is important to know is that there were things that happened to me as a child that I had absolutely no control over. Um, And once I got to the point where, you know, I should have had a gardener that was looking after the soil of my heart that was making sure the weeds were pulled out, I did not. Um, So there were a lot of things that got sewn into my heart and my life that should not have been. And at some point, though, I had to say I didn't have the gardener that I needed. But at some point, as we mature and as we grow, we have to determine that we're going to start pulling the weeds out of our own life. So good. That even if somebody wasn't there to cultivate and tend, at some point, I have to acknowledge, hey, this is what's springing up from my heart. And I have to make sure that I'm looking after this and I have to remove things that don't belong in my life. So uh, Mother's Day for a long time was very painful because it was a reminder of what I didn't have. Um, thankfully, now that I've got three children and they're, they're older, my, my oldest two um, got married this past year. So it's 22, 20, and 19 And um, I'm very proud of them, and I love them very much. And I think a lot of time in the early years, I just didn't want to damage them. I just, you know, I was was picking weeds like crazy and probably was trying to relive the Biosphere 2 experiment Mm. without intending to. Um, They make fun of me now because they're like, man, everything was organic. We couldn't have the (laughs) fake juice. We had to have the real juice. And I said, some things I don't take back. 
Um, but you know, you want to do everything right and that's not going to happen. But at the same time, no, no matter what's happened or transpired in our lives, at some point, we have to own and take responsibility for what maybe someone else didn't stand in the yeah. gap for. We now need to stand in the gap. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's just so incredible to watch how you um, love on the people of Freedom House. And you are always like giving love and encouraging. And so one thing that it's inspired me to do is to, again, come closer to the source, mm-hmm. come closer to God, because... You stop tearing up because you're going to make these <laughs> false eyelashes come right off. <laughs> but that, I mean, but that really is what you have, you know, encouraged so many moms to do is yeah. to just press into God when times get hard and when your children aren't listening or your child goes wayward, um, that he is ultimately the one that can repair and restore and revive dreams. When I got planted in this house, so many of my dreams were revived. Mm. And there are so many people that I know that you know have dreams of being a mother. And I was sharing this with... Um, some girls on Monday night on a Zoom call and, you know, just mentioned, hey, sometimes it's not the way we envision it. One of my very best friends years ago said, I want to be a mother so bad and I feel like it's never going to happen. And I prayed for her and I spoke over her. I said, you're going to be a mom. Mm -hmm. I promise you, God's not going to put that promise on your heart and ignore it. And this weekend, this past weekend, she married a man who has four kids Come on, wow. that's awesome. And she's that. a mama now. I love that. You know what? Sometimes that's not the way we think. No, that's right. And yeah. you know, it, it makes me think about when we put a seed in the ground, yeah. we have to then expect that something's going to come from that. And label it. And label it, yeah. yes. You know, like the little plant uh, yeah. labels that yeah. you put if you plant a garden, the little that. plant labels that yeah. say, this is a sunflower, this is a lilac. Yeah. And, you know, that's so critical, I think, as moms, is that we've got to put a label on our child, not the label that the world will try and put on our children, but a label that says, you are a conqueror. You are made perfectly and wonderfully in God's image. And just speak life into our kids and declare the things that we believe to be true so that they will eventually step into that or start to grow into that. Not always what we see, not speaking to what we see sometimes, because sometimes we see a (laughs) three-nager rolling around on the floor, throwing a temper tantrum, but we're speaking to who we know God says they are, not to necessarily the behavior that we see at the moment. And every time we speak life into our children, every time we call those things that be not as though they were, we are sowing seeds into the soil of their heart, and I want to make sure that I'm speaking good things over my children. Good things, good seed produces good fruit. So can you tell us, because I know you post about the three major chronicles. Yes. Your three-year-old, she's hilarious. (laughs) She she seriously is a riot. She is um, very verbal, so she uses things in the right context, Um, but she outsmarts me every single step. And so I started kind of documenting it of the three major chronicles. And I wanted to make sure that I 
documented it correctly because I'm authentic and I, ha I have to. I but it's just amazing to me how many people will just put whatever on social media. But the thing that, that I do is I have to watch my words that I say over her because the words that I speak to her today become her self-talk later. Wow. And so I try to avoid using negative terms like bossy, like you are so assertive, but not everybody likes assertive. Mm -hmm. So let's try to be gentle. Um, Ooh, but that's good. Yeah, that let's good. try to be gentle. Let's try to be delicate. So one of our homeschooling lessons has been you know, assertive and delicate. Wow. You know, and, and just trying Can to... Can you come to my house? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what's yeah. really critical too about what you're saying, Amanda, is that you're going to reap based on what you're sowing. So you're sowing into Taya these foundations and these principles that you know to be true based on the word of God. And because of that, you're gonna reap a harvest in her that's based on what you've been sowing. It's the law of reciprocity. It's biblically you know, based that we will absolutely reap what we sow. But what's key is we won't always reap when we sow, right? So the seeds and the the... Um, the things that we're sowing now in our kids, we might not see fruit produced right away, but we will always see um, a harvest produced based on what we are sowing. So if we're sowing gentleness, we will reap gentleness. If we're sowing anger, we're gonna reap anger from our kids. And I think it's important too to also think about the fact of, if you think about farming and agricultural, that's messy. Yeah. Absolutely. It is, it is not a clean thing. And I think sometimes as moms, we might forget that. <laughs> we might forget when, when you're digging in the soil, it's dirty, it's messy. Sometimes you don't feel planted, you feel buried. Mm -hmm. And you have to just remember, hey, there is a seed in the ground. Yeah. And those rugged places are what build our resume. It may feel dirty, it may feel messy, and sometimes, you know, what, what is actually used to fertilize and grow, yeah. it's stinky, it's messy, <laughs> yeah. it's not fun, yeah. but we have to look to the harvest, not just the mess of the moment. Right. Good. Right. I love that. And the thing I love about um, gardeners is they're the ones that always go to the plant. They have to be consistent. They have to have that fortitude, that um, desire to just never give up, and dare I say patience. They have to have patience to watch this harvest. And the thing I love about the visual of the, the gardener coming to the plant, or really the plant kind of sitting there, it can't put up a flag or say, hey, I'd love some water today, or hey, it's really hot. Can you, you know, maybe throw a little shade on us today? Just like the gardener comes to the plant, God meets us where we are. That's good. So it's okay if you've moved 16 times in 11 years. God still is meeting you where you are, and he sees everything. That's the one beautiful thing about being a mom is I think you hear stories over and over again where, especially times like these, we don't get a quiet moment. I cannot have a Zoom call without Taya making a guest appearance. And, you know, there, I, don't ha I don't really always have the discipline to do it first thing at, in the morning, but I have the determination to spend time with God every day. And so that consistency, knowing that I can't go too far from him because he's gonna come to me and give me exactly what I need to keep me growing in the way that he intended me to. So that's what I want to pass on to wow. Taya, just that consistency and that determination. 
Hey, as we close out today, um, you said something earlier when we were chatting that was really good about shade. Mm. Can you bring that up? Because I thought that was just brilliant. Yes. Well, so we talked about companion planting, right, and how critical it is that we are planted and rooted in close proximity to each other so that we can grow from each other. But it's also important that we make sure that we are selective in who we are planted next to. Meaning, you don't want to be planted next to a plant that's going to throw shade on you. Because if that's the case, it will hinder and inhibit your growth. So we got to make sure that we're not planted or rooted near any shade throwers because it's scientifically proven that if you plant next to a plant that throws shade, it will inhibit and prevent your growth. If that is not the word for the weekend, I do not know what is. That is brilliant. Well, we just wanted to give you an opportunity as we close out today. Um, We talked about a lot of different things, but there's two specific things Um, that I'm actually going to get Pastor Diana to pray over us for in just a minute. But um, you can mention something in the chat bar, but two specific things. The first is, is if you're just feeling maybe a little bit overwhelmed, maybe you feel like your identity is being taxed right now, you're you're being pulled in different directions, um, I would just love for you to just let us know in the chat bar so we can be there and we can pray for you. We can encourage you. Um, Also online, there is a place you can hit. There's a little hand. It's just like you raising your hand. You can do that as well. Um, We just want to be there for you as a mom and make sure that you're feeling God's peace because I love in James chapter one where it says that, hey, don't, don't negate the trials that happen in your life because that is what develops patience in us is when we're, we're swaying back and forth sometimes developing that stress wood. Um, that's not a bad thing, even though it feels uncomfortable. Um, we just have to look for the good in every situation, which is what I've been trying to do right now. And I would just encourage you to do the same thing. And then there's the second thing that we would love to pray with you for. Um, that's just, man, if you, if you don't know God, if you do not have a relationship with God, or maybe you stepped back, maybe you at one point did, and that just kind of cooled off a little bit. And today you would say, you know what? Hey, I want to re-engage. Hey, I want to make sure that I am putting God first. Maybe you want a do-over. You want a fresh start. We would love to pray with you today for that fresh start. So one of two things, man, you just, you just want to get your identity straight. You've just, maybe you've been feeling some pressure, lack of peace, just maybe wavering a little bit. Uh, we would love to pray with you. And then we would love to just encourage you in your walk with God. So Pastor Diana, would you just pray over us today? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that you're a good father, that you never withhold from us. Father, we thank you that amidst these ever-changing circumstances, that you are never changing, that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Father, we thank you that we can count on you. We thank you that amidst these times when we feel like we're being stretched like Gumby, when we're being stretched in all different directions and 
uh, called to new heights and, and having to do things that are beyond what we feel like we're capable for, God, that you show up, that you show up in the moments where we feel like we've reached our last. And Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you that you meet us right where we are. Lord, I just ask right now that, that your peace that surpasses all understanding will just rest on each one of us. That, Father, you will remind us that not only did you create us with such a great purpose in mind to give us a hope and a future not to harm us, but, Father, that you never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, I thank you that you gave us Jesus, our Savior, that he died and that he rose again so that we could have eternity with you. And Father, we just ask that if, if there are people today that have not yet received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Father, we just ask that they will just do something bold right now, that they will just uh, lift their hand wherever they are and just say, I want that. I want to receive this man, Jesus, who's who's the savior of the world, who will give me an everlasting life. Father, we just pray right now that they'll have a boldness to lift their hand. And Father, we thank you that, um, that even as we pray right now, you are doing mighty things. Lord, we thank you. We, we honor you. We love you. And we just give it all back to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.